in Titus chapter number three in your um, two, I'm sorry, in your Bibles. We'll begin reading in verse number eleven all the way down to verse number fifteen. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, purifying to himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And as we begin reading in the book of Titus, we notice some things here that, that the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to keep on, even when, we're, when we have a lot of discouragement. Uh, I was talking to this preacher this past week, and uh, he's been pastoring at church for over 30 years. And, uh, of course, there's some folks that... Uh, Seem like he's, when you get older, that uh, they want some new blood in there to, to uh, pass to the church. But the Lord has really used him over the years. And uh, it was a time of discouragement in his life. And sometimes when you get around folks that discourage, you get discouraged too. It reminds me of a story I heard that one time this policeman was on this bridge out there in, in the Golden Gate Bridge in California came across this man is getting ready to jump off the bridge. And so the policeman said, you give me three good reasons why you should jump and commit suicide, and I'll let you do that. Well, he gave him three good reasons, and they both jumped. And uh, let me say this, we are living in times of discouragement, and uh, we're living in times where people have lost the zeal to serve God. And I just want to give you some things today that keeps me motivated to keep me looking for Jesus and uh, try to be as much encouragement to this brother as I possibly could. And I'd just like for you to pray for him. Just pray for a preacher friend of mine and uh, that God will turn that thing around. And uh, a lot of times when uh, churches begin to, uh, you know, when uh, the congregation starts to getting smaller and smaller, a lot of times who they're going to blame? Well, they blame the preacher. But that's far from the truth. The problem we're having today in our churches, the reason that churches are not filled up today is because we've lost that zeal that we once had for God's soul winning zeal. And, uh, and so that's what the problem is today. And we can blame anybody we want to blame. But the problem is it's with us. It's not with God. God still saves people. Uh, thank the Lord he saved Dale last week. And I'm just saying that, uh, listen, we, we need to be faithful to the things of God because the Bible says, just like in the book of Hebrews where it tells us that we're not to forsake this and ourselves together, the man of some is, the more so as you see that day appearing. So the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, uh, we have to understand the Bible said in the book of Thessalonians, there'll be a great falling away and we know that we're there today. But I'm just going to say something here that I hope that, that will help you today. I, I know the Bible says in the book of Daniel, in the last days there will be a wearing out of the saints. And we need to understand something, that the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, these things I'm going to be sharing with you today, it's going to be prevalent, more prevalent than any other time in church history. And uh, I've said this so many times, we have more to do with than any time before, but we're doing less. And uh, we have to understand that God is still on the throne. He's still saving people. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so we just need to stay busy, folks, is what I'm talking about. 
And I just want to give you some things then that will motivate us, that will motivates me to keep on keeping on. And of course, the society, the society that we're living in today, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 in your Bibles, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 1, we've quoted this scripture many times, we use this in other messages. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 1, it says, This know also, so he said, I want you to know something. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now this characterizes the society that we're living in today. Scary times, the word perilous means scary times. And uh, that we're living in a time of sh uh, 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 shameful sinners and shame they sh they're shameless. And, but yet they, uh, they sin more and more. We're living in those days, folks, and we have to understand this that the world, the world should not serve God. In other words, if they're not saved, uh, the, they, they can't serve God. But we as believers ought to be serving God the more, finding folks that, listen, there's folks that wants to get saved. They really do, but they just don't have anybody to tell them. And that's our job. God is leaving us here for a reason. And I've said this many times, and I pray that when God is through with me, when God says, okay, I don't want you to pastor no more, and God's through with me, I, I pray God take me on home. I don't want to stay around here anymore, but I believe he left me here for a reason. And so I just want to say this. The Bible says in, in, in 2 Peter, turn there with me if you would, that what's going to happen in the last days. And we know we're living in the last days because we're living in perilous times. And then in 2 Peter uh, chapter number 3, I want you to say, uh, see something here. In verse number three, he said, knowing this first. Now, there's another thing he wants us to know in the last days. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking at their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly, notice this, willingly eager of uh, of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and, and of the water, and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are uh, that are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing: that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Notice this. Uh, but, uh, but is long-suffering to, uh, toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the Lord will, will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness. He's saying here that in the last days that perilous times are going to come. He says in the last days there's going to be scoffers that's going to come. And uh, how many times I've heard people say something like this, well, preacher, I've heard that Jesus was going to be coming ever since I was a little child. Well, let me say this. I heard it when I was a little child, but let me say this. I'm further along now than I was before, and I know he's coming. I know he's coming. You say, how do you know that? Because he said he was, and because he said he was, he's going to do that. 
And he, and he tells us when we're going through all these things and when the, the world system is like it is, he tells us in the book of John, he tells us that we're not to be discouraged. That's what he says. He tell, in essence, that's what he's saying. He says this, that, that, that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. He said, but I want you to know something. That when you see these things beginning to happen, you look up because your redemption draws nigh. And I'm saying this. He says here that a thousand years is one day with the Lord. And one day is a thousand years. When you think about that, if that be the case, and it is the case, Jesus has only been gone two days. It's 2,000 years ago. He's only been gone two days. But in the scripture, if you understand anything about the word of God, we see that there's, there's going to be things that's going to happen. And that he's saying, no man knows the day nor the hour. These people that get on television and, and uh, radio or whatever the case may be, and they give you a time when Jesus is going to come back. I remember years ago, and uh, Brother Tommy probably remembers this, as a guy that uh, was, uh, was evangelist, and he set dates when Jesus was going to come, and he gave all the reasons, and a fellow named Jack Van Impe, he did the same thing. And, and you know what? Uh, that's why people scoff at what we say sometimes because they say, well, here's these guys talking about Jesus is going to uh, be coming back real soon and he hasn't come back yet. But let me say this, he's coming back, folks. He's coming back. The reason I want to keep on keeping on because Jesus has made the promise that he's coming back. And then the dying saints keep me keeping on. Now, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about people like Lester Roloff and John Rice and Harold Seitler, these old, these old preachers of years gone by, the one that laid the groundwork for independent Baptist churches. Those guys, they stood the test. I think about a fellow by the name, his, his name was Baker. I think he's Elijah Baker that they put in prison down here in Culpeper County for preaching the word of God. I think of a guy by the name of Witherspoon. He was in jail and he was preaching to the congregation uh, outside the jail there. And, and, and someone, uh, he stuck out his hand to, to, to touch one of the people that was there. And a guy took a knife and sliced his arm. Think about those people. Think about those Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints there in the book of Hebrews that they were sawed asunder and they were fed to the beast and all these different kinds of things. Folks, listen. I'm telling you, he's coming. And as you look at these old, these old uh, saints of years gone by, notice what 2 Samuel says about these individuals. 2 Samuel chapter number 1. 2 Samuel chapter number 1 talks about those old saints that's gone on. I thank God that I, came, that I was saved in an independent church that preached the gospel, preached this book that we have in our hands today, the the King James Bible that, and uh, the Word of God for English-speaking people today. And listen, they've tried to change it. They give all these perversions and all these other things. Let me say this. This book that you hold in your hand today, it stood the test of time. And we have to understand this, that listen, in the last days, we're going to, there's going to be people that's going to change the Word of God. And listen, we have to understand some things. Those old saints of years gone by that stood and, and bellowed out loud and clear the Bible. Your Bible that you hold in your hand today is the Word of God. People like Lester Roloff, who they, who they put in jail for trying to help little girls. Trying to help little girls that nobody wanted. They put him in jail for it. Had a boy's home. 
They closed that down. They went into that girl's home and said, listen, we want you to empty this girl's home. Well, where are these girls going to go? We don't, we don't care where they go, but they're not going to stay here. Now, let me say this. God is still on the throne. And I'm going to say this today, John Rice, the sword of the Lord that we read, that paper that we read sometimes. He was an editor and founder of the, of the sword of the Lord. People like Brother Harold Seitler, they preach that word that, 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 that God can. And so we see, listen, the first, second Samuel chapter number one, the Bible says in verse 25, how the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle. O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high place. Second Samuel 1 27, how art the mighty fallen and the weapons of the war perished. Listen, there, we are in a battle today. Our church is in a battle. Our homes is in a battle. And the devil hates anything that God's for. And we have to understand some things, folks. Listen, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. And we have to, have to be ready to understand, listen, what's going to keep us motivated? What's going to keep us going is these old saints that's went on before. That I want to serve, them, serve God like they did. I, I want to stand for the things of God like they did. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me going. And then the next thing, the scriptures of the song, the scriptures of the songs. Now, what are you talking about? We're living in a times where people today in churches want to be entertained. And uh, I, I'm all for singing. I love singing. I love this type of singing. I, I don't care anything about the, uh, the singing that's with rock music with religious words to it. That doesn't do anything for my heart. But I want to say this. If you look in Colossians chapter number 3, the Bible tells us what kind of singing we're listening to. The kind of singing that we're listening to. Colossians 3.16. Notice what the command is here. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He said, now let the word... Of Christ deal, uh, no, dwell in you richly. These old hymns that we sing from this book here that have scripture verses above it, that's the meaning, these old songs. And he said, Now in wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You say, well, preacher, what's wrong with, with, with the type of music you're talking about? It makes me feel good. You have to understand something about the Word of God. It's not to make us feel good. The Bible said, cry aloud and spare not lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their wicked ways. What do we come to church for? To lift one another up. But we have to understand, listen, that, that we're in a battle today. We're, 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 there's, there's things that's going on today that's never happened in the church before. You know, people are leaving the church and, and finding other things to do on the Lord's day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we have to understand that, 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 that Sunday is the Lord's day. It's not my day. It's not the day that I go and cut my grass and go down to the uh, down, down to the beach. Well, I'm sorry, Christians don't go to the beach. They go to the coast. But, uh, you, know, uh, w you know, it's not that sort of thing. It's not for me to go to a fishing hole. I want to be in the house of God. You know what David said about the house of God? I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we have to understand, listen, this is something that God has, has ordained. The church 
Why do I love the church? Because it was in the church that I heard the gospel. It was in the church where somebody introduced me to the greatest friend that I've ever had in my life. And Jesus loved the church. The Bible said he gave himself for it. And we have to understand there's something about this thing of singing spiritual songs and, and, and hymns with grace in your heart. You see, we sing about his return some golden daybreak. We sing about the, the reality of heaven in a sweet by and by. We, we sing about rejoicing. Won't it be wonderful there? See, all these hymns that, that, that's in the book here that, that, that I believe that God even breathed on some of the hymns that we have. These people that wrote these hymns, they're talking about something that happened in their life. We have to understand that. And we have to understand that, that people that wrote these hymns and that, that they, I believe they were spiritual individuals. And, and, you know, and we have to understand something about it. The Bible said, sing about a happy reunion. You know, those folks that we have in heaven today, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to seeing them. When I led uh, Dale to the Lord the other day, you know who it reminded me of, Brother Tommy? Remind me of a Marvin Scott, a little young fellow. Brother Marvin Scott. And uh, led that young fellow to the Lord. He paid the price for it. He lost his family, but he kept on loving God, and uh, he was killed as a young man. He's in heaven today. I'm looking forward to seeing Marvin. And we have to understand, listen, the Bible said it's where we'll never say goodbye again. That's the kind of hymns I like, and it will be worth it all. We sing those hymns here all the time. Listen. We have to understand the Bible teaches us that, listen, the way that, the, the way that God speaks to us, he speaks to us through his word, he speaks to us through singing, if it's the right kind of singing. And I've said this so many times, old brother Roloff said, used to say, if a song gets to your toe before it gets to your heart, it's missed the mark. And we have to understand some things. I mean, it, it, it's it, the, the word of God, and the, when we gather around the word of God, that's the next thing. The scripture keeps me looking for Jesus. If you open your Bible and you begin to read your Bible, it talks about a time when we're going to be leaving this world. And if you look over 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, 1 Thessalonians in your Bible chapter number 4 it speaks of that time. First Thessalonians 4, 16. It's called the rapture. You won't find the terminology of rapture in your church. The word rapture means to be caught out. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord. What a wonderful thing to know this is not all of it. Boy, if this is all of it, it wouldn't be worth five cents with it. But we're looking forward to that time when that trumpet sounds. Only those that are saved is going to hear that trumpet. Only those that know Christ. And, and, and the world's going to be in such a turmoil. Can you imagine? Uh, and there's all kinds of depictions and all types of pictures that when the rapture takes place that airplanes will be crashing that had saved pilots and, in, and vehicles will be be, uh, be running wide open and wrecking and all those sort of things. The world's going to say, what's going on here? What's happened to these people? 
well, and you know, now we're talking about those aliens from outer space, and, and they're going to say, well, that's what caught them up. You know, we'll be in outer space, all right, but it won't be through an alien. We'll be up there with the Lord Jesus. There shall we ever be with the Lord. And while the, while, while the tribulation time is going on here on earth, we're going to be with the Lord. We're going to be rejoicing with the Lord. We're going to be seeing loved ones that's gone on before, and, and we miss them. You know, there's a song they only gone from my sight. And before too long, I was listening to a, uh, one of the songs on the way to church today. It said, uh, I'll be waiting for you by the river. By the way, there is going to be a river in heaven. <laughs> and uh, he, I'll be waiting for you by the river. And you know, we see these things, my grandma and my brother and my sister and my mom, and I'm looking forward to seeing them again. And a lot of y'all have loved ones that's going on. And by the way, they just, listen, the Bible said we accomplished about the greater cloud of witnesses. They know, they know what's going on. The Bible said they're rejoicing in heaven when one sinner turns to Christ. Who do you think's doing the rejoicing? Those that's going on. And we have to understand that, listen, the Bible says that one day it's going to happen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I'd have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. What a wonderful thought. And by the way, once we get up there, we won't ever have to say goodbye. Well, I'll see you then a little bit later in the week, maybe, because i got to go to bed and get ready to go to work tomorrow that things will be over. We'll be there forever rejoicing with those that's there. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm, I think about my brother about every day. think about my mom. And uh, by the way, these verses of Scripture because these promises in the Word of God burns in my heart. It builds up hope in my life. And I want you to say, by the way, they bring me help. The Word of God brings me help. Chapter 4, number eight, verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. I'm just saying to you, Jesus said, I want you to be comforted about something. This is the truth. And like I said now, next couple of months I'll be saved 51 years. And I've said this many times before, I've never called God in a lie one time. You'll never catch him in a lie because Titus tells it's impossible for God to lie. You see, another thing that keeps me looking for Jesus is the defeated saints. I never, I think in my almost 51 years of being a Christian, I've never seen such defeated people in all my life. Defeated. Don't know what to do. Don't know what to believe. Talk about the covid well, some say you should take the shots, and others say you should take the shots, and this say if you don't take the shots, and then they just said here just recently that the hospitals that now has COVID patients in it, 90% of those that did not take the shots, and now the government's trying to change the DNA. So who do you believe? Just believe the Word of God. Believe the Word of God. Trust Him. Trust Him. Defeated. Defeated. It's a preacher friend of mine. He's defeated. Here's a fellow that give, give 30 some years of his life to the ministry. 30 some years. And some young 
guy that just got out of Bible college thinks that now it's time for him to step down. Let me tell you one thing. I wouldn't want to make that old boy mad. <laughs> and because uh, he'd probably take him out in the yard and whip him real good, but he's defeated. Here's people that he's given 30-some years of his life to. He's married their loved ones. He's buried their loved ones. He's been there for them. He went to the hospital to visit them when they were sick. Now it's time to turn him out to pasture. That's God's job. That's God's job. No man called him. No man should fire him. You see, the pastor, no man hired me. And, of course, it takes 75% of the church to fire me. And if 75% of the church is against me, I should quit anyway. But I'm just saying that, listen, we, we, we're living in those times where give us something new. Yet Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. This, the, the, the new stuff that's coming along, all these different uh, organizations, and they've taken the, the name off the churches. Now they're uh, the worship centers and the family centers and all those sort of things. You ought to say what you believe. And, and, and by the way, I, I, I'm an independent Baptist, and I'm not ashamed of that. And a guy asked me if I wasn't a Baptist, what would I be? I'd be ashamed of myself. But anyway, I, I, I'm just saying this. I don't, claim, I don't brag about being a Baptist because there's so many of them in the penitentiary. But I do believe that, that the Baptist doctrine is for, the, for God's people today. Now, you may not believe that. If you don't, there's, uh, you'll find out you're wrong when you get to heaven, if you get to heaven. And so we see some things here about the last days. Defeated saints. Luke chapter number 18 in your Bibles. Luke chapter number 18. Verse number 8. Notice what God says about those that runs down a pastor. Those that's trying to get rid of this man of God. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Shall he find faith on the earth. I thought about that verse, Brother Tommy. You know, back in the 70s, when Brother Tommy and I went to the same church, there was a lot of encouragement. Preacher preached on hell. Wasn't ashamed to do that. They made it hot. Preachers of the day are air conditioning hell. Hell is still hot. It's forever. And they, people go there. They'll be there forever. He preached soul winning. He preached uh, the right type of music. He preached that. He preached standards and convictions. But we're losing that now. We're trying to make people feel warm and fuzzy. We want to make people like us. And the, yet the Bible said, They that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. They're not going to like us because they didn't like him. He said, the world's not going to love you because they didn't love me. And we're not to expect, is the, is, is the servant greater than the master? Listen, people doesn't like you. I have people now uh, on the Internet. Thank God for Brother Julio. He saw us on the Internet. And, uh, but anyway, I had people this last week say all kinds of things about me on the Internet. I don't care. You think it bothers me? I, I, I sort of like that because the Bible said, beware when all men speak well of you. You know, so we have to be careful when everybody likes us anyway. They didn't like Jesus. They crucified him. And so we have to understand some things here. The, the defeated saints one day 
those that's, that's preached the word of God and stayed true to the stuff and stuck by the stuff and didn't let, uh, let peer pressure get to them. And we're living in that time. Folks, folks are leaving the churches by the multitudes, going to these individual churches that make you feel warm and fuzzy. Make, they, use, they use rock music with religious words to them and it makes us all feel real good. Well, let me say this. I feel good when I hear the old songs. Won't it be wonderful there? It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. That's what I like. But we see here. What I, what I, what I want to see, I wrote down some things. I want to see saints shouting. Shouting. By the way, shouting is in the Bible. I want to see saints singing. A lot of times we say, now turn to page so and so, and you look, and there's people looking at their watch and fiddling around with saying, listen. The Bible said that we're to come into his presence with singing, making melody in your heart. He likes to be sang too. That's what old, old David, when he was out there watching his father's sheep playing on his little harp, he was singing to Jesus. He didn't have anybody else to sing to but the, but the sheep. And he sings songs about the Lord. The book of Psalms, most of the Psalms are written by David. Psalms is nothing but a book of songs. That's just what he said. Listen, I, w- I want to see them singing. I want to see them serving the Lord. You know, I've come too far to turn back now. I'm closer at home than I've ever been before. I've had more years behind me than I've got before me. And listen, I, I believe we ought to stick to the stuff. We ought to stay faithful because one day, the Bible says in the Revelation, they're going to see his face. What are we going to tell him? What are we going to tell him the reason we didn't serve him? What are we going to tell him the reason we quit? We quit? I'm glad he didn't quit. I think when he was dragging that old cross up Calvary's hill, falling beneath the load, been beat all night, spit upon, beard jerked out by the roots, whipped with a cat of nine tails, his body just tore to pieces. I'm glad he didn't say, well, it's too far. I just, I'm going to quit right here. I'm glad when they laid him on that cross and they nailed the nails in his hands and dropped him in that big hole and the Bible said when that thing hit the bottom, all of his joints came out of socket. He could have said, I quit. When they was cursing him, making fun of him, walking by a wagon ahead, if you be the son of God, you come down, we'll worship you. I'm glad he didn't come down. But he didn't quit. You know when he quit? When he dropped, when that last drop of blood, he says to Stelosai, it's finished. And listen, folks, we have no reason to quit. We've come too far. We've come too far. I want to see saints serving the Lord. This is why I preach. Some folks think I'm preaching them. I'm not preaching anybody today. I'm just preaching what the Lord laid on my heart to preach. And listen, if you take it personally, if your phone rings, you just have to answer it. You know, you either pucker up a duck. That's just the way it's to go. I want to see the saints sinning less. Why do, why do, we, why do we preach the word of God? Listen, I, I, want you to be, I want you to be one of those that's not tossed about the every wind of doctrine and the slight of men. I want you to know what you believe and believe what you know. And I, listen, we, I want you to get to the place where you'll never be sinless, but I, want, I think when you're saved, you ought to sin less. 
And let me say this. I want the, the saints to be spiritual. Be in tune with God. As I look around today, and there's not too many folks that's really in tune with God. They may know Jesus. They know, may know him as personal Savior. They may know they're going to heaven. But the Bible says if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want to see saints that knows what it is to, to pray and hear you, get your prayers answered. Why don't I get my prayers answered, preacher? Well, the Bible said if I regard iniquity in my heart, God won't hear me. Isaiah said his hands not short that he cannot save, neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your sins and iniquities hid his face from me that he will not hear. We can't go before the throne of grace and find help and mercy in a time of need if there's something in our lives that's not right. And yet the, the, the remedy is right there in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know too many Christians today that are walking with the Lord. Because they said if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. In the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Let me say something, folks, today. God wants to have fellowship with us. He really does. There's a song, He's Waiting in Line. I don't know how scriptural that song is, but, you know, I, I believe that, you know, there's old saints that used to walk with God. I can remember people like, oh, brother Rufus Myers, what a man of God. Some of y'all may even know Rufus Myers. He's a pastor of that little old church down here in Elkwood. The little old man gave his entire life to God. That man could pray, pray, and I'm telling you what, if any man could pray and move mountains, it was Brother Myers. When long distance used to be from Culpeper to over in Unionville where I lived, he'd call me every Friday night. Brothers, anything you need to pray about. And he'd pay, the, pay it. He was just a man that lived by faith. He was a man that, that he told, uh, he told uh, my dentist, uh, uh, Wayne Breeden. He said, uh, Wayne, he said, uh, he said, well, Brother Myers, I guess you're getting your social security check now. And he said, no. He said, the Bible says just you live by faith. Now, I'm not against getting your social security check. If you think it's wrong, give it to me. I'll take it. But I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just saying this. You know, you work for it, you pay tax, you should get it. But that's just the way Brother Myers was. And they said when Brother Myers would get his tooth pulled, he wouldn't take any type of numbness. I thought to myself, wow. I can't even hardly stand for him to clean my teeth. <laughs> and there he was letting him pull his teeth. But he was just an old saint. An old saint that walked with God. And, oh, and listen, folks. The same, the same God that loved Brother Myers loves you. And he wants that fellowship with you. Why don't, why don't we, we want to have fellowship with God? Why don't we? He saved us. He loves us. He wants to help us. He wants to encourage us. Instead of that, we take pills for it. We go see a psychologist and psychiatrist and trying to help us through this thing. But let me say this, the greatest healer is God himself. Why don't we talk to him sometime? 
the Word of God. How much, does, how much of this Word of God do you hide in your heart? David said, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Young people. The Bible said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed to the Word of God. The Word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. The Word of God is like a, a fire. I remember one of the old Jeremiah, he said, I just, I'm not going to preach the Word of God anymore. He said, but I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> he said, it was down inside of me and it burned inside of me and I just had to do it. I want to see saints that's sweet. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians chapter number four. And I'm just about through. I want to see saints that's sweet. Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. And be you kind one to another. Comma. Tenderhearted. Comma. Forgiving one another. Comma. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. There's churches that people won't even speak to other believers. Some on this side won't even talk to the ones on the other side. They won't shake their hand. Trying to find fault and everything. Never happy. There's some people you could make them happy if you hung them with a new rope. That's just the way they are. No matter what you do, it's never enough. This man of God that I was talking to this week, he led that church to have over 100 missionaries. 100 missionaries. It's going all over the world preaching the gospel. He's, they print millions of copies of scripture that goes all over the world with no charge to those missionaries. But now he's getting older. That old style doesn't work anymore, preacher. We need something new. Let me tell you one thing. We, still, we just need more God. Brother Olaf had it right when he said we don't need a new Bible. We just need people that are willing to read the Bible. And by the way, if you read the Bible, it'll make a difference in your life. If you study the Bible, you become the, you'll be able to rightly divide the word of truth. We need to understand that this word of God, it didn't, it's just not a book. It's the very Word of God. Everything that we know about God is in this book. If you want to know more about God, get in the book. We have to understand that we need to keep on keeping on because it's almost over. And I've said this so many times, you probably know what I'm going to say. But I want to hear one thing when I get to heaven. Well done, that good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. And I don't know about you, but you ought to have that desire too. And we can hear him say it if we stay faithful. You see, God didn't call me to build a church. Jesus said, I'll do that. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's called me to preach the word. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't get inside of your heart and make you do anything. But I tell you one thing, the word of God, it, it'll penetrate. You, you, either, you either love it or you, or you can't stand it. 
And there's a lot of Christians today, they act like they can't stand it because they don't open it. What a wonderful thing to have an instruction book that tells us how to live, how to get to heaven, how to die. And I'm going to tell you one thing. We need to apply it. It's one thing to be a hearer of the word, but it's another thing to be a doer of the word, deceiving ourselves. Let's get in the book. Let's keep on keeping on. Let's keep on. Listen. I was going to preach another message this morning, and I'll probably preach it tonight. Folks, listen. We, we, we have to understand some things. We're to be looking for lost people. There's so many people out there today that's hurting. It's going through all kinds of things. There's people that just need our help. There's somebody that just needs a Christian. I'm not talking about a person who said they're a Christian, but I'm talking about a person that is a Christian. How many folks, you think about this year is almost over now. I have a few months. How many folks have you led to the Lord this year? Okay, I don't see it. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. There's about 20 people here today. Supposing everybody this year just won one person. We have 40 people in here. But let's just suppose in those 40 that we won, we'd win another one. The church would be running over. But I dare to say that probably, and I'm not being critical with nobody. I'm not. But you know why Julio's here today? Let me tell you why he's here. He was on the internet looking for a church. Caleb got in touch with him. Told him about this church. He invited him here. Brother, I'm glad you came. I want you to feel welcome. Why can't we just do something? Hmm? We can. We can invite somebody. You might not be able to lead anybody to Christ, but you might. You can invite somebody. Get them under the sound of the gospel. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings. Lord, I pray that you'd help us keep on keeping on because we've come too far to turn back now. We're around the bend. It's almost that midnight hour. That clock is ready to strike. And we're going to hear a trumpet. And we're going to hear that voice come up hither. And Lord, I do pray that you keep us faithful. Help us, Lord, when we stand before you one day that we won't be ashamed of ourselves. And I pray, God, you'd meet every need that's here today in this room. Now, today, it might be somebody in the room today. You say, Preacher, I'm really not sure that I'm saved. I don't know for sure that if I had to die today, I'd go to heaven. But I'm concerned enough. I'd like for somebody to pray for me. If I'd ask you to pray for me, though, Preacher, you would come back to me. You'd call up my name. You'd grab me when I'm walking out the door. I promise you I won't do any of those things. I just want to pray for you today. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. No one else is looking. You say, Preacher, I really don't know for sure that if I die today, I'd go to heaven. But I am concerned enough. I'd like for someone to pray for me. When I call out your name, I just want to pray for you. Could you slip your hand up, put it right back down? Preacher, I really don't know. Anybody in the room? Anybody? I don't know. You see, the devil don't want you to raise your hand. He don't want nobody praying for you. Don't listen to him. This may be the last message you'll ever hear. And if Jesus would come back, you'd be left behind. You could walk out of this room today and be lost and be forever in hell. 
whether it's weeping and wailing and screaming and begging. Preacher, I don't know. Anybody like that, pray for me. Preacher, I know for sure I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. But I need prayer today. I need, I need to get that burden for the people that I used to have. Amen. Anybody else? Amen, amen, amen. All over the room, I don't know, preacher. I don't have a burden for people like I used to have, mom and dad. I don't know for sure if they're going to heaven. I don't know if my little sister, my little brother's going to heaven. But I don't want to go without them. Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. Again, preacher, amen. I don't know for sure I'm saved. Preacher, please pray for me. Just slip that hand up. Slip it up right now. Put it right back down. Father, today we are asking now, Lord, to be with every hand that went up. I pray, Lord, for those who slipped their hand up, said there's some things in their life that's not right. God, don't let the devil hold us captive. Let's get rid of it today. We don't have to take it home with us. We can just leave it right here. You said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us. So right now, Lord, you said that you'd forgive if they just ask you. We could start out anew. We can make a difference in the lives of others. Help us now, Lord, I pray to be willing to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you. Wait a minute, huh? Oh, we have a baptism, so don't you, if you would, just stay around. We're going to do it outside.